superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan Warmly, joined this fine Tuesday morning by Andrew Erickson and by our guest, Bill Enright of Sports Illustrated. Bill, we were talking before the show. I keep thanking everybody for coming on during the busy season. But as you said, it's actually the fun season, right? Uh, Absolutely. This is what we all uh, dream about. This is what we all care for. This is what we all prepare for all offseason to enjoy the week in, week out grind of, of an NFL season. It's a lot of fun. It was not uh, so fun watching Monday Night Football last night. That was an, a hideous game. Uh, Daniel Jones getting sacked 11 times. Just just really ugly all the way around. Kenneth Walker uh, managers were happy, but beyond that, not much going on. So we're just going to blow right past that and jump into the show, which today we are talking about the week five buy low, sell high running backs. Running backs. And we're going to start off with the most traded running backs. And the most traded guy right now is actually Damian Pierce. So, Erickson, I want to start with you here. Damian Pierce, are you buying, selling, or holding him right now? Damian Pierce, for me, I think is a player that I probably would be looking to buy. I think that when you look at the Houston Texans, they're a team that's on the rise in terms of how well they've played so far with C.J. Stroud. You go listen to anything, and it's all about anything NFL-related. They're going to talk about how great C.J. Stroud is. Like That's really like the narrative that's being driven into the ground. And, and honestly, like I think that we were kind of ahead of the game. Like Even after that week one game where he didn't really put up great numbers against the Ravens, if you just watch that game, you're like, oh my God, like this guy has that it factor. Now kind of everyone's kind of finally starting to catch on to how good C.J. Stroud is. And this is playing behind one of these horrible offensive lines that's just been so injured throughout the four games of the year but it's going to get better because these guys are going to come back and get healthy and give Damian Pierce actual room to run the football so I think that Pierce is a player that yes his receiving usage isn't great they still use Devin Singletary a lot but if the overall offense is improving you usually want to have that running back on that team. So for me, Pierce, I think that worst case scenario, he still is going to be an RB2 regardless of however the Texans offense ends up shaking out. But I think that the upside is there for more if this offense does take another step forward, assuming that that offensive line does get healthy with the pieces back. Yeah, Bill, Pierce has only topped 40 yards rushing in one game. It was this last week against Pittsburgh. He's only got the one touchdown. Do you agree with Erickson that he's still a buy though? I'm I'm going to hold on Damian Pierce, and I think Andrew's point to to their offensive line woes is really the biggest problem. Laramie Tunsil has missed three games. Josh Jones missed a game. Uh, Pierce is, I think, like 90th or 92nd in yards per uh, y- y- yards per attempt before contact. So the fact that he's getting less than one yard before he gets hit. Yes, we know he's known for being a really tough runner. He's 16th in yards after contact, but he he's basically getting hit at the line of scrimmage, and that is a big problem for any running back, regardless of the volume they're getting. Andrew brought up uh, Devin Singletary. 
Pierce is still getting 56% of the team carries, which is still pretty good. 14th best in the NFL. Houston is rushing, uh, top 12 rushing attempts uh, on a per-game basis. So I- I'm not buying, I'm not selling, I'm just holding for now. Hopefully that offensive line gets a little healthier. And maybe once defenses start to respect C.J. Stroud a little bit, they can start uh, focusing a little bit less on, on stopping the run. Let's uh, do some comparisons here and see some guys we might be willing or unwilling to trade Damian Pierce for. Erickson, would you trade Damian Pierce for Miles Sanders right now? No, I would rather have Damian Pierce. Miles Sanders, like, he is being exposed as his five yards per carry was basically because of the Eagles offensive line like the past <laughs> three years because he was, he's been super inefficient running behind a subpar offensive line in Carolina. So I'll take the younger guy with Damian Pierce, who's also not dealing with like a groin injury. All right, Erickson, how about Damian Pierce for James Conner? Again, same thing. I want the younger guy. Like James Conner has been good at the beginning of the season, but this was to be expected. But Conner as an older running back is someone you're expecting to probably break down as the season progresses. I know that you could make the argument, oh, Kyle Murray with the upside, the offense gets better. But I'm just looking at James Conner. It's, like, it's all about volume with him. So I think that he's going to be a player that's probably going to decline in production as the season wanes on. Lastly, Erickson, one of your favorite sell highs all year, Damian Pierce for Raheem Mostert. Would you make that trade? No, clean, clean sweep. Like we told you to get rid of Raheem Mostert. Like that was the move to make. And now his value is sunk because Devon A. Chain, a chain, whatever his last name is, is taking over this backfield. So yeah, Damian Pierce for me, clean sweep. Yeah. By the way, these are all names that are within the same range in the rest of the season running back rankings, which is why I picked them. And so Bill, it's kind of the same three. Any of those three, Erickson said no on all of them. Would you trade Damian Pierce for Miles Sanders, James Conner, or Raheem Mostert? I might consider James Conner. I think Andrew's point about youth certainly makes sense, but Conner is just getting all of the volume in that Arizona backfield. Um, and they, I think the Cardinals are surprising a lot of people, right? Josh Shobbs, they might not be winning a lot of games, but their offense is moving the ball. I, I like what they have in the wide receiver rookie, uh, Michael Wilson. I, I think this offense is moving in the right direction. And if we do ever see Kyler Murray this year, I think that can only help James Conner. So, that would be one I would consider. Miles Sanders, absolutely not. Raheem Moster, and I, I, I like the player, love the offense, but I think we all can agree that Devon Chain is here to stay, and he looks incredible. So that's a beautiful transition because the next most traded running back right now is Devon Chain or Chain or however it's supposed to be pronounced. So, Bill, I'll stick with you. Are you buying, selling, or holding on Chain? Who is trading this guy away? I mean, he is the league winner uh, from the start of September with with just explosive play after explosive play. Number one in yards over 15 yards. Number one in yards per carry. 11.4 yards per carry. Oh, okay. He had over 200 yards against uh, the Broncos a couple weeks ago. That's inflating his numbers. He looked great against a very tough Buffalo Bills defense. And he's number one in yards before contact. He is getting... 4.8 yards before he's even touched. And I just love the fact that the Miami Dolphins, I think Mike McDaniels is one of the best offensive schemers in the NFL. And I love the the fact that the Dolphins are really utilizing his skill set. They're not just using him in between the 20s. They're not using him as a third down back. He's getting 33% of the team's carries inside the five-yard line. I, I think the only knock on him is that he has a pretty tough fantasy playoff schedule. Dallas, Jets, and the Ravens. But other than that, I want this guy on as many teams as possible. 
Yeah, he has just been an absolute delight to watch. Uh, just a perfect fit in the offense. He's so explosive. It's an offense that designs explosive runs. It's It's been really exciting. Erickson, are you also buying heavily on HN? Yeah. I mean, he had over 100, 100 rushing yards last week on eight carries. Raheem Mostert had like nine yards. <laughs> so, I, and Raheem Mostert also lost a fumble. So, I'm trying to figure out a scenario where the Dolphins get away from using him. Like why the genie's out of the bottle and you can't put him back in. So I literally don't think you can because just how good he's been, how effective he's been as another dynamic piece in this offense. So for me, I actually have him ranked like he's an RB one rest of the season for me. He's in my top 12 rest of the season rankings for running backs. I, I don't know if that's consensus. I don't, I don't know if you looked at the consensus ECR ranks uh, for rest of the season worm, but that's where I think he should at least be valued as a fantasy RB one. We actually put a poll up on Spotify. Everybody should go, you know, vote in that as we continue to put up these polls all season long. We put up a poll that's asked, is it time to sell high on Devon A-Chain? And clearly you and Bill don't think it is because you're both buying him. But we, that is the way the poll went as well. 58% said no. 41% said yes. I was surprised that 41% was even as high as it was considering how good A-Chan has looked and how seamlessly he has fit into this offense. What did you think of that? I mean, I, I don't know why people want to try to get rid of this guy. I, I get that the fact that he's ripping off these really explosive runs is not necessarily sustainable, but his workload is also not conducive to... I mean, it's not going to... He's going to get more touches. Like, that's the thing. And it'd be different if it was some slow player like scoring off these random big touchdowns, but that's part of his game. That's why he was so explosive in college because the guy has track speed. So the fact that he's ripping off all these massive runs, it's not really that surprising. And the fact that he's so used around the red zone, like that's the biggest thing. So unless you're betting against the Dolphins offense, like being bad, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that personally. Like he's going to be involved in the red zone. He's going to have a lot of touchdown equity. So I think the genie's out of the bottle with A-Chan, and I want as many pieces as I can. I have him as a fantasy RB1 rest of season, and that's where I think if you're getting anything less than that, then you're not actually selling high, and I think that where the market has him basically not there, I would just be keeping him. Well, I think that's a good point, too, on like how do you actually define sell high? Because if you can get like a week-in, week-out stud RB1, like if the Travis Etienne owner is like, you know what, I'm just a believer, A-chan's a perfect fit, it's a great offense, I want him at all costs, then yeah, like you probably should sell high. But in general, selling him for other guys in the range he's in right now, it feels very similar to Puka Nakua after week one, weeks one and two, where it was, he's jumped up a lot in value, but it's appropriate. We don't want to sell him, right? Is that a fair comparison? Yeah, I think so. And again, even it doesn't even need to be for a running back, potentially. If you could flip him for a stud wide receiver, I think that's probably the best method if you were going to move off of him. I, I get like trying to cash out, but if you need running backs and you were smart and you stashed A-Chan, like take it, like be happy. Like you don't have to subject yourself to like <laughs> trading away an exciting rookie running back because the process says, oh, you got to sell high when it's like, well, does it? He's a rookie running back that's seeing an expanded role in his offense that's super explosive. He's going to score a ton of points this year. I see no faults in it. It's like Raheem Mostert fumbled, 31 years old, Jeff Wilson coming off an injury. Like, who's actually threatening him in this backfield? And all he does is produce. So I want to keep him. It's so rare that you have a fantasy running back that makes you happy. <laughs> so the official stance of fantasy pros is be happy. <laughs> exactly.
it sounds like you guys are probably not going to be willing to trade him for any of the names that I have listed here. Again, these are guys that are within the same range in the consensus rest of season rankings. Starting with you, Bill, here, would you trade HN for Jameer Gibbs? Hell no. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think I could be any more clear on that. This is David Montgomery's backfield in Detroit. Jameer Gibbs, if you drafted him in the third round or fourth round, depending on, on, on when you're drafted, how many teams are in your league, I feel bad for you because at best, he is a flex play. We saw him without David Montgomery in that backfield. He didn't do much, less than 90 yards on the ground. David Montgomery comes back, scores a bunch of touchdowns, just like Jamal Williams did last year with DeAndre Swift getting traded off uh, to Philadelphia in the offseason. So if you have Gibbs, I'm sorry, but HN is definitely the rookie that I think, other than B. John Robinson, he is the rookie running back that everyone should want this year. How about HN for Alvin Kamara? Uh, I'm going to stick with HN. And then lastly, DeAndre Swift or HN. I, I love what Swift's doing. Love Philadelphia's offensive line. He's another one of those running backs that are getting a lot of yards before contact, which is something that uh, just screams, hey, this offensive line is bulldozing the opposing defenses. And I love that for a running back. But I'm going to stick with HN. We know about Swift's injury history. They have Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, Rashad Penny. Whereas for Miami, it's HN and, and, and most are will be involved. But I think HN is going to just start running away with this gig. Erickson, any of those three, are you trading away HN for or trading them for HN, Gibbs, Kamara, or DeAndre Swift? I'll take HN over all those guys. Every one of them. Clean sweep there. Guys, the NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets, and DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. This week, I am very excited for the excellent Sunday night football matchup between Dallas and San Francisco, two of the best defenses in football, and yet the total is 45 on DraftKings. The spread is 49ers by 3.5, minus 105 on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So San Fran is getting some real respect as one of the last two undefeated teams left standing however you bet that one get in on the game day greatness download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FANTASYPROS new customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet 5 on the NFL that's code FANTASYPROS only on DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL the crown is yours gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Four six seven three six nine. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Guys, let's move to our buy low running backs. Bill, we will start with your top guy there. I'm going to go with Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I think people were a little disappointed the fact that he was active uh, week four Thursday night. Didn't really play a whole lot. Kind of saw A.J. Dillon. He's got to take a hike. (laughs) 2.6 yards per carry. Enough trotting out. A.J. Dillon. This Packers offense looked good in back-to-back weeks in the second half, 
Jordan Love is looking good. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, solid set of wide receivers. And Aaron Jones has been tremendous throughout his career on Monday night. Six touchdowns the last three years, 15 catches, and he's averaging 117 yards on Monday night football the last three times the Packers have played. They take on the Raiders this week. I think now is the time to buy Aaron Jones before he blows up on Monday night in week five. Yeah, Erickson, what do you think about Jones here? I am completely in lockstep with Bill on uh, can we never see A.J. Dillon again, please? Yeah, A.J. Dillon has, has been rough to, <laughs> rough to watch this year, and apparently a lot of years uh, for Packers fans. It's been tough for him, but I, I would agree here. I think that he had a really bad run out um, on Thursday night coming back from his hamstring injury, and I mean, he kept, he got like absolutely blown up every time he touched the ball, like he was catching screens, just get absolutely annihilated by the defense. So I think that 10 days off between the game, or actually another day off because it's, it's a night game. So I think that he's probably, yeah, someone that I'd be looking to buy low because AJ Dillon is not, you know, a threat to him taking over this backfield in any way. Erickson, who's your top buy low running back? I'm going to the New York Jets. Those plucky Jets, uh, Brees Hall for me. Um, look, so Brees Hall, six carries, 56 yards. He flashed again, that big play upside on Sunday night football with the 43 yard rush, which was really the majority of his rushing yards. But we've seen this from him, even him coming back from the injury. He's had a couple big runs here and there that have really been the most explosive part of this Jets offense under Zach Wilson. So the way that I'm looking at the situation, they're facing the Denver Broncos historically bad defense. Like this isn't just a bad defense. This is the worst defense we've seen in like, centuries 10 years 10 10 15 plus years you know the guy that does the dvoa statistics is talking about this broncos defense as historically bad so yes is the jets offense good no but this broncos defense is so bad that i think even the jets can be productive against them and that starts with Brees hall who if you guys remember Brees hall was on pace for 150 yards and two touchdowns the last time he faced denver last year but then he tore his knee up so I think going back to Denver, where that injury occurred, I think it's going to be an emotional game for Brees Hall, but I think he's going to deliver. I think they're going to give him, they're going to feed him carries, and I think that he's going to have a monster breakout game, and this is your last chance to buy a low on Brees Hall. The Jets' schedule gets much easier in the second half of the season, so I still think Brees Hall has a chance to be a league winner, and you can get him dirt cheap right now because he's basically done nothing, despite the fact that he's edging out Dalvin Cook in terms of carries, in terms of targets, and the Jets often showed some signs of life with Zach Wilson against the Chiefs, so... I think that the arrow is pointing up for some of this Jets team, especially with the matchup this week against the Denver Broncos. Yeah, first of all, the difference between last year's Broncos defense and this year, like, Ejiro Evero might be the greatest defensive <laughs> coach in history. The, the difference losing him has made in the offseason. And, Bill, I want to ask you on Brees Hall. He's currently in our consensus rest of season rankings, RB23. I do think it's interesting to point out, while he has an amazing matchup this week, he has to face the Eagles the following week and then has his buy. So there might be actually another buy low opportunity, even if he has a big game here in week five. How are you approaching Brees Hall right now, Bill? I, I think he's a player that you'd want to go trade for before this blow-up game against the Broncos. Even if We're just assuming that he'll play poorly against the Eagles. Could be a bad assumption. Um, the bye week factors in. But then fantasy teams are like, well, he just had that. Huge game against the Broncos. Do I really want to get rid of him? I'll just hold him through the bye. I think Andrew said it perfectly. I love the fact that he is getting an increase in attempt share, backfield uh, touches. Dalvin Cook looks washed to me. Brees Hall has that explosive run rate. Nearly 10% of his carries are going for 15 yards or more. So he's someone that I'd be going out and getting now before this dream matchup against the Broncos. 
Bill, let's stick with you for your top sell high running back. Uh, I'm going to go with Josh Jacobs. I don't know if it's the offense. I don't know if he's still upset about not getting a long-term contract. Um, But to me, 2.6 yards per carry, it's just, it's brutal. I mean, that's worse than A.J. Dillon, who we just were ripping before. (laughs) I know he had a lot of uh, catches this past week. I think now's the chance that you can get rid of him. He gets plenty of volume. He's just not doing a whole lot. He, he leads the running backs, uh, the running back group position in targets this year, but zero runs for more than 15 yards. Uh, he has two yards after contact, 37th in the NFL. And again, another offensive line problem, 0.6 yards before contact. Just to put the things in perspective, Christian McCaffrey's at two yards uh, before contact. Bijan Robinson, three yards before contract, before contact. Josh Jacobs, less than a yard before he's getting hit. So I'm not saying it's all on him. That offensive line is a mess. Not having Jimmy Garoppolo uh, this past week certainly led to a lot of dump-offs going in his direction. But I think you take that big stat sheet, that big stat line from week four, and go shop him around your league. Erickson, Josh Jacobs has been on our, you know, buy low running backs list from some of the guests the first couple weeks of the season. He's RB7 rest of the season right now, so you can get a lot for him if you sell off this big game. What do you think, Erickson? I think he's still a hold for me. I mean, I thought that it was a smart move to try to get him after he had a really slow start to the season. And I think that a lot of his yards per carry is just because of that one game against the Bills where he literally rushed for negative yards, <laughs> where it's like actually really nuking his efficiency. But you're not drafting because he's an efficient running back. You're drafting because he caught eight passes last week. Like, where is the ball going? The Raiders are one of these rare teams that has a super uh, concentrated of their touches. It's Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams that get the ball, and Jacoby Myers. Like, that's it. Nobody else gets the ball. They don't use any other running backs. And the Raiders were bad last year, and Jacobs was still, I think, RB2 overall. And it just it seems like it's the exact same situation again. So for me, I think that he is a hold. Um, I think that if you can't, ship him off for a higher upside running back, maybe like a B. John Robinson coming off kind of a, a meh game. I don't know if you're going to be able to get that done. But again, unless I feel really good about the return on Josh Jacobs, you know, who was a buy low candidate, because again, everyone sees the 2.9 yards per carry. So I don't know how much his value is. I think he's probably more of a hold for me because I know he's going to just continue to get volume. If you guys want the upper hand in every trade, you need to check out our trade analyzer at fantasypros.com slash myplaybook or on the Fantasy Football My Playbook app. Instantly see who wins any trade and how it shifts the balance of power in your league for the week, the rest of the season, and even beyond for Dynasty Leaguers. So stay ahead and play smart with the trade analyzer on fantasypros.com slash myplaybook and on the Fantasy Football My Playbook app. Wide receivers. We've got a couple of big names to talk about here. Guys are moving on or aggressively trying to go get some of these, uh, you know, wide receivers that were going in the second round of some drafts, a lot of drafts for some of these guys in draft season. So let's start with Jalen Waddle is the most traded wide receiver right now. And Bill, I will start with you. Is he a buy, sell or a hold right now? Uh, I'm going to hold on Waddle. I have a lot of faith in this offense and I have a lot of faith in Jalen Waddle's talent. I know he hasn't gotten into the end zone yet. That's a bummer. He has four catches in three games, 16 targets. Tua is one of the most accurate passers in the NFL. 81% of uh, Waddle's targets have been catchable. I think it's only a matter of time before he really starts to click a little bit. 
maybe it's a little bit less of Tyreek, a little bit more Waddle. Maybe one week it's a little bit more Waddle, less of Tyreek. We're definitely going to have those weeks where it's all of Tyreek and, and not a lot of Waddle. Uh, but I, I, I have, again, a lot of faith in this offense and a lot of faith in Jalen Waddle's talent. And he's a guy that I, I just want on my fantasy teams because I think the consistency and the production will be there all year. Yeah, Erickson Waddles, uh, rest of season wide receiver 14 right now. Is that too high, too low, just right? Are you buying, selling, or holding? I think that's just right. I have him at wide receiver 15, so he's like on that fringe. Again, you got to consider, you know, the lack of production, but also considering his elite upside. And, you know, he's he's going to have a 200-yard game at some point. Like, it's, it's going to happen. So if you're going to sell, you want to sell after he has – a monster game you know they're playing the giants on a short week so it could be as soon as week five that we see waddle absolutely explode in this offense and again despite the lack of production he's still been super efficient 15th in yards per route run this season so like it's not like waddle's oh he sucks it's like no like just the targets in certain matchups just haven't aligned for him we've seen obviously the running backs have big games we've seen tyreek hill have big games and waddle missed a week so I think that he's a supreme buy low candidate. Any of these receivers that are coming off these boom games that are really more like wide receiver twos in my eyes, those are the guys you want to trade to get Waddle because Waddle actually has a wide receiver one ceiling. He's done it twice already in his NFL career as a rookie and as a second year player. Like he's a wide receiver one in fantasy football. And if you can get that for anything less of a guy that's like a DJ Moore, McLaurin, like those types of wide receiver twos that are kind of sometimes more consistent, either packaging those types of players to get a guy like Waddle. That's the move that I would definitely want to try to make. Let's talk about some one-on-one trades here that people might be looking at. These are all amongst the wide receivers, Bill. And people can, of course, go to the Fantasy Pros Who Should I Trade tool online and kind of go through this themselves and play around with different iterations of various trades. These are all just going to be one-on-ones. So, Bill, would you trade Jalen Waddle for Brandon Ayuk? Uh, Maybe. uh, Ayuk has, what, 17 catches in three games, over 125 yards in two of them. He missed one game. Very efficient offense. You, you like what Brock Purdy's doing under center. Debo Samuel a little bit banged up. We saw Ayuk go off. Haven't really seen a whole lot of George Kittle. It, it seems like Ayuk is the top target for, for Brock Purdy. Take out Christian McCaffrey. But I, I don't know. It kind of just feels like you're you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. Like, <laughs> just an even swap for me. How about uh, Jalen Waddle or DK Metcalf? No, I'd, I'd rather have Waddle. I'm not a... I'm not. I like DK Metcalf as a player. I'm not necessarily a big fan of his in fantasy. To me, he has he's like a roller coaster. Kind of reminds me of uh, like Deshaun Jackson, where he has these monster blow up games, and then he kind of disappears for a couple weeks. I'm not a huge fan of Geno Smith, even though he's proven me wrong now for I guess you know going back to last season, 18 games, 19 games, whatever it is. So I'd, I'd rather have Waddle. And lastly, Jalen Waddle, would you trade him for Devontae Smith? This is kind of like the same thing with Brandon Ayuk. I, I just, I, you're taking money from your right pocket and you're putting it in your left pocket. It's just an e- even swap for me. Love the Eagles offense. Love Jalen Hurts. Very similar to Miami, right? They spread the ball around, very efficient, move the ball down the field. I, I, I don't think there's much of a gain there by getting Devonta Smith. And I don't think there's much of a loss if you, if you lost Waddle and, and got Smith either. Erickson, these guys are, you know, roughly in line with each other in the rest of the season ECR rankings. They might actually even be back to back to back to back. Uh, I'm not entirely sure if that's been updated or not. But would you trade Waddle for any of those three? Brandon Ayuk, DK Metcalf, Devontae Smith, Erickson? 
Yeah, I think that the Smith one is like dead even. I know I have them ranked back to back. They're both wide receiver, the number two receivers on high powered offenses. So expecting it's really just trying to play. Like if you think Waddle's going to have a major game this week, then you should trade one of these guys. Like, again, it's an even move. But if you could see Waddle having a monster game against the Giants, then this is the week to trade for him because then he's going to have more value than a Devontae Smith because we know how this works with receivers. Like, whoever has the big game is going to have the more, more value the next week versus the guy that has the down game because, oh, it was an A.J. Brown week. So the fact that Metcalf's on a bye week, okay, yeah, get Waddle now because Metcalf's value is not going to change over the bye week. And also you gaining uh, another week of a player with Jalen Waddle. So I think that moving him for Metcalf makes a lot of sense. The only guy I would much rather is actually Ayuk. Like what I've seen from Ayuk through his two healthy games, this dude is unstoppable. Like when they're moving down the field, it's always Brandon Ayuk. Despite the fact that he's missed a game and was hurt for another game, like he's still the leader in air yards on the 49ers. Whenever they're trying to push the ball downfield, which I just didn't do enough with Jimmy Garoppolo, it's always Brandon Ayuk getting those targets. And I always have concerns about Debo Samuel's health long-term, George Kittle's health long-term. And when one of those guys is banged up, Ayuk absolutely just goes off. So Ayuk is the only guy I feel the most confident that I would move Waddle for, whereas Metcalf and Smith are definitely more lateral moves where you're trying to be strategic based on, all right, I think Waddle's going to have the big week this week, so I should trade for him. But then it's like after that, it's probably going to be end up being a wash when we look up at the final standings. Performance anxiety happens to everyone, including the pros. Conquer performance anxiety with Rugiet Ready, the latest advancement in erectile dysfunction. By combining the active ingredients in Viagra and Cialis with apomorphine, a dopamine promoter, Rugiet Ready gives your brain and your body the pump-up you deserve so you can give your partner the love they deserve without the added anxiety. Created by pharmacists, approved by doctors, trusted by over 75,000 men nationwide, and loved by you and your partner, and no in-person visit is needed, Rugiet Ready is now available in your state exclusively at rugietmen.com. Use code FANTASYPROS for $40 off your first month plus free shipping. If you'd rather call them, customer service is available six days a week at 855-581-9620. More info at rugietmen.com. Let's move to the second most traded wide receiver, a guy that was, depending on when you drafted, probably going in the third round of a lot of leagues, but second round in some, not quite as high as Jalen Waddle, and that's Calvin Ridley. And Bill, I'll start with you again. Calvin Ridley, are you buying, selling, or holding after an amazing week one and then some quiet weeks since? I'm holding if I have them. I'm buying if I don't. Um, The two targets was concerning in week four. Luckily, one of them was for a touchdown. 11% 11% drop rate, that's concerning. Uh, I think the Jaguars, and I think the expectation is the Jaguars turn things around. They haven't looked good in, in the first three weeks of the season. They maybe looked a little bit better against the Falcons, but in terms of what Ridley has been doing, he has a better air yard share than Jamar Chase, Puka Nakua, Amon Ross St. Brown, Nico Collins, C.D. Lamb. Not much better, slightly better, um, but still better. So if I have Calvin Ridley on my team, I'm not getting concerned that he only had two catches. Uh, and if someone in your league has Calvin Ridley and they are concerned about the the the, the two targets this past week, then I'd, I'd be banging on their door trying to get it, trying to acquire him for my team. Erickson, Calvin Ridley had more catches in week one than weeks two through four combined. How much does that concern you? Are you buying, selling, or holding? He's probably a holder or buy for me similar to what bill had said just because look he still has a lot of value because of that week one game so i I think that you can still get you know he still has that value as part of his name cachet so i don't think it's like 
you should panic sell on Calvin Ridley because people are kind of starting to get concerned about him. But he's still seeing a lot of red zone targets in the offense, and we're going to see the Jaguars' offensive line get back one of their tackles from suspension. So I think that's going to help the offense just generate more points. They're playing the Bills this week. Like, they're going to have to throw the football. Like, the Bills' offense is coming in, and they're going to put points against the Jaguars. So it's like, do you really want to trade him before, like, a shootout before the with, before the Buffalo Bills that don't have Tredavious White? Like, that, that to me doesn't sound like a very good strategy. So, again, I, I think that you're waiting for that big game, and then maybe you sell high off that because Ridley has shown inconsistencies in his game coming back for so much time off. So I don't think that's going to go away. Like, I don't think we're going to be, Calvin Ridley's going to be a wide receiver one this year. Like, I think that he's going to go and finish in that wide receiver mid wide receiver two range kind of like where he was drafted before he got the hype got out of control and he started going in the second round um because there's a lot of mouths to feed in jaguars in the jaguars offense like that's point blank that's a fact trevor lawrence is spreading the ball around and i don't think that's going to stop especially with zay jones coming back to the offense presumably this week as well so again with these receivers that are in crowded offenses the move is you sell high after the big game like that's the move to make to get the most value for the player. Not okay. He's been struggling now. I should get rid of him. That's not the move because he's going to have big weeks. He's seen too much opportunity, like Bill alluded to, in this offense to sell low on Calvin Ridley, um, especially ahead of a shootout with the Bills. So I've got some names here for potential trades, and based on the way we've talked about some of these guys already, I think I kind of know where you're going. The first guy I wrote down is, is Calvin Ridley. Would you trade him for Brandon Ayuk? And the way you talked about him in that first segment, Erickson, I, I, you're higher on him than I expected. That seems like a definite yes, correct? Yep. Yeah, I'd rather have Ayuk. How about Calvin Ridley for Puka Nakua? I would also have Puka for me. And then Calvin Ridley or the other guy we talked about in the most traded segment, Jalen Waddle. I got Jalen Waddle one spot ahead of Calvin Ridley. So for me, again, I still like Calvin Ridley as a buy target, but if it's those guys that I can get for him, because again, with players that are moving, it's always worth just like, hey, like send out a trade offer. See what the market in your specific league is like viewing this particular player. Um, but based on the guys that you offered, Ayuk, Nakua, and Waddle, I like all those guys better than Calvin Ridley. So I would take any of those um, over the Jaguars wide receiver. What do you think, Bill? Would you trade Calvin Ridley for any of Brandon Ayuk, Puka Nakua, or Jalen Waddle? Um, I'd rather have Ridley over Nakua. Uh, I think it's a little bit of a wash between him and Waddle. Uh, I'd rather have Ayuk over 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 Ridley. We talked a little bit, um, you know, uh, before the show, just about like Puka. Like, what will this offense look like if and when Cooper Cup returns? Are you maybe fading the hype on Puka a bit, Bill, or you just think that's you know Calvin Ridley's that good? Uh, I'm not necessarily fading uh, Pukunakua at all. I love what he's done so far. It's it's historic, right? Uh, broke a lot of uh, Anquan Bolin's rookie reception records and, and yardage records. So uh, really exciting to see. As fantasy players, we love when these fresh new guys come on the scene. And, and if you have them or you pick them up, it's, it's very, very exciting. I do have some concerns about what's going to happen. More of intrigue than concerns. I, I'm interested to see what happens. When Cooper Cup returns, is he going to be that same Cooper Cup that we saw two years ago? Probably not. Is he going to impact how many targets Nakua has been getting? Of course he is. When you have a guy like Cooper Cup back on the field, Matthew Stafford's going to start passing him the football. Uh, so not necessarily fading Nakua by any means. I do like the upside of Calvin Ridley in Trevor Lawrence's offense, playing in the AFC South where defenses tends to be optional. So uh, I, I, Calvin Ridley, and not, I'm not that concerned over this uh, this two-target game. I think more week one-type performances 
or in the future than this week four performance for for Ridley. We've got a new segment on the show today. It's the Uber Eats player we'd give up almost, almost anything for. This week, that player is Bill's buy-low wide receiver, who is Chris Alave. So, Bill, what makes Alave such a great buy-low candidate? You know, recency bias is a real thing for fantasy football players. And, and they see that they just got one point from Chris Olave. They spend a second-round pick on him, maybe a third-round pick. Uh, they're probably very frustrated. Derek Carr entered the game uh, with a banged-up uh, you know, a shoulder sprain. So you find out what that guy needs or, or that gal needs in your league, and, and you try to offer anything possible to get Chris Olave because the first two weeks of the season, double-digit target – I'm sorry – First three weeks of the season, double-digit targets. Two of three games, over 100 yards. Two of three games, uh, eight catches. He's got 42% of the team's air yards. They're not on a bye until week 11. And this schedule is nothing but cupcakes for the next few weeks. Three weeks in a row against the AFC South. And then he takes on the Bears and the Vikings. Now is the time to get Chris Olave because for the next five weeks, he is going to be a top 10 wide receiver, no doubt about it. Yeah, Erickson, I can't buy low on Olave because I pretty much have him in all my rosters already. There weren't many people who were more excited about him as a second round pick than I was going into this year. You were one of the people who was fading him a bit uh, in large part because of Derek Carr. So are you with Bill that he is still a buy low coming off this poor game or is the kind of poor state of affairs in the New Orleans offense enough to keep you from going out and buying Olave? It's not enough to keep me away from buying him again. I, I will be interested in any player at if the price is right. You know, again, you're buying Olave's talent, which I don't think was ever, you know, used against him, especially when he was being drafted in the second round. Like that was the reason to draft him that high. But I was skeptical about how good Derek Carr was. And we saw Derek Carr through four weeks, man. Like he misses Olave constantly downfield. Like it's not, you know, that connection has not been there. So will that change? Again, the more deep balls you throw, the more like you're just going to convert. So again, regression is going to kick in, especially for Olave, who's a talented guy. And, you know, so especially with the given matchups coming up, he is a sharp buy low player, especially if the price is suppressed because, you know, he's wide receiver 30 in points per game through four weeks. You know, Garrett Wilson has more points than Olave does. And Garrett Wilson has the worst quarterback situation you could ask for, whereas we view Derek Carr as a consensus, as an upgrade from Andy Dalton, which has not been the case, at least in my opinion, from what we've seen so far from Olave. But again, worst case scenario, Olave is not going to necessarily kill you. He's still a very good player. So I think just based on the fact that he had, I think, over 100, 150 air yards last week, it's like, it's the buy low air, air yards model. Like you just go after guys like that, especially against the Patriots who are down so many different cornerbacks in their back in their uh, defensive backfield. Um, Olave is going to probably have a big game. Chris Olave, the Uber Eats player we'd give up almost, almost anything for. Get food from your favorite restaurants, plus groceries and other essentials delivered straight to your front door with Uber Eats. This football season, stay planted right on your couch and get anything. Well, almost, almost anything you need for game day by ordering on the Uber Eats app. Uber Eats, the official on-demand delivery partner of the NFL. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Erickson, let's go to your buy low wide receiver here. Yeah, so for me, it's going to be Amari Cooper. Um, again, he had a really bad game with DTR at quarterback for the Browns. Deshaun Watson wasn't able to play. You know, he made the decision on his own saying he was medically cleared, but his shoulder couldn't go. So 
I mean, whatever. That was his choice. And again, Cooper does this all the time, man. Like he always has bad games where, you know, he's not a bad player. I think that he's actually kind of been underrated in terms of his overall production this year. He's sixth in air yard share. You know, him and Elijah Moore have really carved out the top target share whenever Deshaun Watson has been under center. Again, Watson has been underwhelming as a passer, but Mari Cooper has shown that even with Watson struggling through the first couple of weeks of the year, like he was still productive. Like Cooper is just one of these boring players that not a lot of people want. It's like, oh, he's a bust. He sucks. But like when he has big games, he has big games. Like I've been crushed enough times by Mari Cooper in the fantasy playoffs to, to make sure I was like, you know what? I'm going to have him on my roster this year. So when he puts up the 50 burger in the playoffs, it's for me, not against me. So I think Amari Cooper, especially on the bye week coming off a bad game, I think you can just get him for such a discount when his usage and just the player itself, like he's just undervalued overall, usually in fantasy football. So I think that he's a sharp buy low player. Yeah, Bill uh, Erickson just mentioned it. I was going to say, like, if you are interested in buying low on Amari Cooper, now's the time because he's on buy and his owner or manager can't use him right now. So what do you think about Cooper? I think as long as Deshaun Watson is under center, Amari Cooper can remain a, a, a solid run, a wide receiver too. 41% uh, air yard share while Watson's under center. You throw out week four. It wasn't the starting quarterback. You just you totally re- erase that performance from your memory. Uh, you factor in now that he's on the bye, like Andrew said, this is a great opportunity to go out and get one of the NFL's most productive receivers year in and year out. I don't know why fantasy players knock him so much. Um, I think he had like a couple years where he was just injured a lot. And that left a, a bad taste in some people's mouths, and they just never got the mouthwash out to 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 rinse out that that gross feeling. But Amari Cooper, since he's been joining the since he's been on the Browns, has been very very productive. We saw it last year, and I think we'll see more to come of that really consistent productivity from from Cooper for the rest of this year, as long as Watson's healthy. Yeah, Cooper. So I mean, even if he's not maybe consistent game to game, no receiver really is. The year to year, if you look at his finishes just in half PPR, it's only has he been worse than 19th twice uh, in his entire career going back to 2015. So he's just every year he's finishing in that that teens range or higher. Uh, Bill, let's stick with you as we move to our sell high wide receivers. Give me your top guy here. Uh, Corlin Sutton to me is a perfect candidate for sell high because he has some inflated numbers thanks to three touchdowns in four games. I I don't think that's very sustainable. He only has one game of over 70 yards, four targets in in just two games this year. Uh, The the Broncos are removed the fact that their defense is terrible and their offense is shaky at times. Uh, They play the Jets and the Chiefs twice in the next four weeks. So if you're going to sell Cortland Sutton, I don't know why you'd want to hold on to him, knowing that the schedule is going to get a lot tougher and those touchdowns, it's just not sustainable for him to be scoring this much. Look for Jerry Judy, Marvin Mims to get some more action, especially in the end zone. Uh, I'd be selling high on Cortland Sutton. Erickson, we're not legally allowed to discuss Cortland Sutton without asking you about him, considering how high you were a year ago. Uh, and you weren't high this year, to be fair. But uh, what do you make of what we've seen out of Sutton so far? He's been the red zone target for Russell Wilson, but like Bill mentioned, some tough matchups coming up. Yeah, I think that the touchdowns just aren't going to be there for him, and that's really been what's made him productive. I mean, he has more touchdowns already this year than he had all of last year. So it's it's like it's probably not going to sustain in the long term, especially as Judy gets back to full health, like he's still coming back from his injury. I mean, maybe they'll play Marvin Mims more. Uh, who knows? But, I mean, Marvin Mims, his increase in snaps, which I think eventually will happen, you know, even if someone has to, like, 
lock Sean Payton in a room and just watch Marvin Mims films or we're like, dude, just play this guy more. Uh, I, I think that Sutton is probably the guy you want to sell off of. And Judy and Mims are probably players that you could probably get for a lot cheaper um, with Sutton kind of just looking like the number one receiver when I don't think it's by that much of a margin. My kingdom for more snaps for Marvin Mims. I don't, I have no idea. He traded up for the guy. He's looked awesome, you know, in a very light workload. Let's get him on the field more. Erickson, uh, your sell high wide receiver a week ago was Christian Kirk, and your sell high wide receiver today is Christian Kirk. Yep. And it's because Zay Jones is going to be coming back to this offense soon. So we've seen Christian Kirk really boom in production over the last couple of weeks without Zay Jones in the lineup. But really, it's been kind of a lot of empty calorie targets and volume. Like he hasn't been super efficient with the volume that he's been getting. He's been racking up receptions, but he has one red zone target this season. One. Like that was why Kirk was good last year because he was Trevor Lawrence's go-to guy in the red zone. Calvin Ridley has more red zone targets than he does. Uh, Zay Jones has more red zone targets than Christian Kirk does. Zay Jones hasn't played the last two weeks and he has more red zone targets than Christian Kirk. So for me, Christian Kirk is wide receiver 31 in points per game and expect the points per game this season. You're going to get more than wide receiver 31 value for him on the market right now in the trade market, depending on how many targets he's gotten the last couple of weeks, how much better he's been because since Calvin Ridley has kind of seen his production dip, like it, you could probably get Kirk for Ridley straight up. And I would just rather have Ridley rest of season just because I think he has a higher ceiling than Christian Kirk, who we kind of know as a wide receiver too. Like that's kind of what his mo is as a player that's been in the league for many years up to this point so i think right now is the perfect time to sell out on christian kirk i think you can get a wide receiver two locked and loaded or package him up to get a potential wide receiver one like a waddle with another player because i think that he's really more of going to be a wide receiver three when the dust settles and i think you can get wide receiver two value for him did, did i hear did you say you think you can trade kirk for ridley straight up I, I mean, who's been I, better? I mean, that's what I thought, but like, I mean, I mean Kirk, why, Kirk's why been better. But if you look at like the expert rankings for whatever they're worth, you know, rest of season, Ridley is still like like several spots higher. Ridley is, I think, sixteenth, and Kirk's like thirty first. I mean, but Kirk has outscored him in three straight games. Like, just, does no one care about? Like, Ridley had one good game this year. Like, it's like, and then we're just like, are we just that anchor biased towards that one game? I don't know. Like Kirk has been better for the three straight weeks. Like, don't people look at box score? Or I guess not. I don't know. I mean, I mean maybe. I mean. So if you if you think you can make that trade, I would certainly recommend that you, that you go out and I, do but, it. But I mean, like, am I like out of my mind? Like, again, I would rather have the Ridley side, so that's the side I set, settle on. But yeah. last three weeks, it's not even been close. Like, who's been the better receiver or productive receiver? It's been Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk had what? How many targets did Christian Kirk have last week? So he had twelve targets. It? Calvin really had yeah. two. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. But that's what I would do. I would try at it, least. <laughs> it's it, hey, you miss out on 100 percent of the trades you don't send. So I, exactly. I, I would try it at least. Uh, Bill, what do you think about <laughs> Christian Kirk uh, in, in his role in this offense? I I, I was kind of surprised to see Cr Zay Jones's ADP in the summer so far below Christian Kirk's because every report out of Jacksonville was that Kirk was really going to be the third option. Zay Jones and Calvin Ridley were going to be the number one and number one, number two, number one and number two wide receivers in this offense, but the ADPs didn't match up. So I have a lot of shares of Zay Jones just based on the fact that he was going to be the, the presumptive starter. And we, we saw that in week one, his injury is a little concerning because he got injured in week two, came back in the game, played, and then missed the next two games anyway. So something might be going on there that maybe the public uh, is, is not aware of yet. 
Christian Kirk looks good when he gets the ball. Uh, certainly, like Andrew said, he's outplaying Calvin Ridley right now. Uh, but I think once Zay Jones comes back, I, I think that will do some damage to how much action Kirk can really get. And especially with the Jaguars, if you notice how they're using their running backs out of the backfield, they're getting a lot of targets too. Uh, Evan Ingram is still a thing in this offense. So it might be one of those situations where there's just not a lot of ball, not enough uh, passes to go around for Kirk to continue to put up this kind of pace. Listener mailbag. Let's wrap up with some listener questions from Twitter. First question here from coming from Big A. Is Stroud a rest of season play over Trevor Lawrence even? Erickson, what do you think? I think he is. Look, Trevor Lawrence, to me, I always thought, I thought he was overvalued in fantasy drafts this year because he had never shown a 20-point-per-game ceiling at the NFL level. You know who scored 20 points in three straight games? C.J. Stroud. Like, Stroud, as a rookie, what he's done so far, yeah. We talked about in the one of our running back shows where we really like this Texans offense to improve and get better as the season progresses, as the offensive line gets healthier. Not to knock on Trevor Lawrence that he can't improve as well, but the C.J. Stroud as a rookie, like, he's surging right now. And his, I love the weapons they have in this offense. I love what Bobby Slovic is doing. You know, former PFF guy. 49ers guy like that marriage is working so well for Stroud in this offense that yeah if I had to make a call right now I can only have one quarterback for this season I would I would take Stroud yeah I mean it's pretty much impossible to be like if you're a Texans fan I can't imagine feeling better than you do right now given what you've seen out of D'Amico Ryans what you've seen out of Stroud and Bobby Slug I mean it's it's just all coalesced so beautifully honestly uh Bill what do you think Stroud over Lawrence rest of the season if you look at the expert consensus rankings Lawrence is still QB 10 rest of the season Stroud's down at 13 but they're trending in the wrong direction or different directions I should say I think anyone with both of these guys on their fantasy team is probably comfortable with the idea of streaming the quarterback right using the matchup base using performance base and and going with one of the options both of them I think are very safe Stroud had three great games so far maybe four and a half, three and a half games uh, that, that he really wowed a lot of people, right? Uh, fantasy managers quickly picked up on that, added them to their roster. You were probably disappointed with some of Trevor Lawrence's outings. If you have them both, I would use them based on the matchup. Uh, but Shroud certainly looks like he's going to be the one to outperform based on what he's done so far. And the Houston Texans might end up winning the AFC South. That might be a future bet that people want to take advantage of because the Colts, they look okay. The Titans, they don't look that good. The Jaguars, they don't look that good. This AFC South to me is wide open. CJ Stroud certainly has a candidate uh, as, as rookie of the year and, and has the Texans after a month of action in position to win the AFC South. I didn't have the stones to pull the trigger, but I looked long and hard at the Texans in you know August as a futures bet yeah. in that division because – to me, the, the Jags were the only clear favorite. I thought any of the other three could have been there. And I just was a huge Stroud fan. And I wish I had, you know, more conviction in myself to uh, to have actually, you know, made that bet beforehand because I'm sure the odds aren't as good now. But, yeah, he he looks awesome. And we talked about it earlier. Even in that game against the Ravens, it wasn't a good fantasy day in week one. But, like, he looked like he belonged against a defense that usually makes rookie quarterbacks look like they don't belong. Obviously, there's four rounds difference between Stroud and DTR. But you kind of saw that in DTR's first game just this last week. So, um, yeah, I just super super impressed with stroud from from every every direction uh the other plus, question we plus had, five go ahead plus 500 plus a 500 to win the afc south that number came down a little bit 
but still, I still like that really good ROI. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm just st- I'm just staring at my Titans future to win that division. I can cash out for like a dollar profit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's teasing me it's like do you want to cash out now it's like well i maybe i don't don't know i yeah just we we laugh we laugh at the the afc south you know every year but like that's gonna be a fun race i think all season long i mean you can make a case for any team really variable not just this season though like all i mean they have two rookie quarterbacks who look good trevor lawrence is there and then whatever the titans decide to do with their quarterback next year it should be a fun division for years to come yeah, it's a weird, weird sentence to say. Um, the other question I want to get to here is from Simon. Full PPR, he receives Dallas Goddard and Jameer Gibbs. He gives up TJ Hawkinson and Devon Aching. He has a 1-3 and three record. So I will just say, to me, I would not make this trade. I would rather have Achan and Hawkinson over Gibbs and Goddard, especially from what we've seen this year. But I do get the the sentiment of, I have a 1-3 and three record. I want to shake things up. But to me, this is a no-go. Bill, what do you think? No, Simon says decline that trade. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I don't know if I need to further yeah. pontificate on why it's well, bad. I, I, I get the idea of like PPR. Oh, Jameer Gibbs, he was supposed to be this PPR monster. But we, we talked about it in the running back show. Like it's David Montgomery's backfield right now. So I, yeah. I get it. Hawkinson's better than Goddard and HN's better, better than Gibbs. <laughs> yeah. that, to me, that's... Unless we have it reversed where he's getting those guys, but whoever has Hawkinson and HN, that's who's winning that trade. Yeah, the the way the tweet was phrased, you know, when they sent it in was that they would be giving up Hawkinson and HN. So, yeah, Yeah, Erickson, is this a clean sweep? To me, that's a total no-go. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I'd rather have, yeah, I'd rather have Hawkinson than Goddard. I'd rather have HN than Gibbs. So I'm trying to figure out where this person is like eyeing that they're getting some value here. Again, maybe if they either, if Dallas Goddard was... Travis Kelsey or Gibbs was Travis Etienne. Like, okay. Like I understand where you're trying to make like the improvement, but it seems like you're just getting worse (laughs) at running back and tight end. Like, I know you want to shake things up, but maybe you package those players for one stud player. Maybe it's like Hawkinson a Chan for Tyree kill or like something like along those lines. I think that's kind of a movie. You should probably try to alter it as opposed to this deal. You know, when you're one in three and you're at the bottom of the standings after the first month, Sometimes logic and, and rational thinking <laughs> is, cla- you know, th- doesn't necessarily enter the brain yeah. focus. So, uh, Simon, uh, I, I would say just, you know, you have two very exciting players right now. Maybe you do what Andrew said and, and package them together and try to get an upgrade. Yeah, I I, I want to say that, like, I didn't include this question because I thought it was difficult. I included this question because I wanted us to answer it so Simon doesn't make this deal. <laughs> and we want to save him from himself. Uh, that'll do it for us here today. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. For Erickson and for Bill, I am Ryan Warmly. We'll see you guys again next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.